you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Hi, and welcome to the official Good Morning Football podcast. I'm Will Shelba, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Week 14 had us on the edge of our seats. From a Ravens-Chiefs overtime thriller to an upset in Chicago, let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from Week 14. Let's break it down here at the table. I was like, I'm going to be crying or laughing, and I have smiles today. Of course. Listen, the takeaway for me, September is for the start of the season. Like That's the kickoff. It's casual football. It's when teams get the rhythm. December... It's for defense, baby. And it it starts with the O-line getting attacked by that D-line. It starts with the linebackers for the Bears attacking that O-line. Of course, we'll talk about the interceptions, but if you pay attention to the pressure on Jared Goff, that's what got him all up in arms. The clock was ticking in his head so fast that he had to deliver the ball in ways that we didn't see leading up to this game. If you pay attention right here, that's a four-man rush. He's getting the ball out of his hands early. Mm. If they're rushing four, that means they're dropping seven. Bears advantage. If you're rushing three, that means they're dropping eight. Bears advantage. When you look at some of these plays, the fact that they got to put so many guys on Khalil Mack. If you're walking into a game, here we are, rushing four again. Two guys on Khalil Mack, the three other guys, somebody's going up to them and saying, if they're going to double-team Khalil Mack, you guys better make a play. Coach would tell me all the time, Nate, you better win your one-on-one matchup mm-hmm. if they're going to double-team Calvin, if they're going to double-team Randy Moss. It's the same thing for Khalil Mack. If they're going to double-team, if they're going to chip Khalil Mack, the three other guys that are trying to get to the quarterback, you better get home. And guess what? They did. Best defense on the planet. Bring me Mahomes. Bring me Breeze. Bring me George Kittle. Bring them all. It's incredible. Um, you know, Peter, though, you've been trying to tell Bears fans on the side of the table, just enjoy the run. Enjoy the run. 
Trubisky was rough last night. Oh, yeah. Really rough. Really, And the defense was so good they won in spite of it. I feel like this is Bears teams repeating themselves. This reminded me of Jay Cutler. They reached an NFC title game. It reminded me of Rex Gross. Yeah. They reached a Super Bowl. Okay. The defense is that good. They can beat anybody, I think. Trubisky makes me a little nervous, but this was the most impressive defensive performance of the year. I will take this one over the Cowboys beating the Saints. Mm. Holding the Rams to six points yeah. on Sunday night. Even though it was at home, and despite Trubisky playing that way, I officially think this team can beat anyone. Mm. That was my big takeaway. In a world where we saw the Chiefs and the Rams and the entire takeaway was the evolution of the NFL after that, and you need offense, and you're going to have to put up 40 to score in defense, schmeefense. You had the Ravens go into Arrowhead and almost, yeah. I mean, their defense took care of the job, doing a great job against Mahomes and company. You saw what the Bears did last night. Defense very much alive and well in this National Football League. I do believe Chicago has the best defense. And, you know, I, I, it's a relationship metaphor to me. Do I move in? Do I not move mm-hmm. in? Do I get rid of my old apartment? I've got scars from the Bears over the years. Well, last night we, we, I got, we got tattoos. Hey! We, went, we, like, we just got matching tattoos. Billy Bob and Angelina. We were feeling the moment, for better or for worse, maybe I'll be regretting it in a couple weeks, but I'm so excited. I don't want to hear about Mitchell Trubisky. I want to look at my awesome new Bears tattoo yeah. and revel in its glory. Okay. Yeah, it, it, we're talking a lot about the Bears. You remember when Sean McVay last week went through every single player on the Bears defense? He was like, Kyle Fuller's got six picks, yeah. and you know, Cleo Mack, sure. 52, he's great on the inside, but he also plays outside. Um, did he forget about Todd Gurley? Mm. Does, does, he, does he know his own team? Was he focusing too much on the – Todd Gurley, in a cold-weather game where you're supposed to win games on the, on the ground, ground and show – this is an MVP candidate in the NFL's you know, best running back who's being paid that money. Todd Gurley, 11 carries for 28 yards. Jared Goff was awful. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff was awful. awful. Jared Goff was bad in Detroit last week. He was really bad in Chicago. That Rams team last night is doing nothing in the playoffs. What's going on? That I don't know. Do they? And, and if you're going to tell me it's the cold weather, that's fine. But the offensive game plan was a was a mess. The defense did their job. Golf looked completely out of sorts. I got to tell you, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. before the year. I think McVay is the best offensive coach in football. I think this team has the most talent. That team that I saw last night is doing nothing in the playoffs. If anything, that's got to be the wake up call. Mm-hmm. Get that out of your system. Yeah. Flush it out. Because you're still at the top of the NFC with the Saints. The Saints have a very tough schedule to go. You can still get home field advantage. I almost feel like that was a necessary evil for the Rams. Flush it out. Get rid of it. And go back to what you're about. And that's Gurley, and that's Goff, and that's offense. Also seems necessary that they would have home field advantage. Jared Goff, the numbers show that he's a different cat on the road. Yeah, you got to stick to the script, bro. you got to feed uh, Gurley. January 1st, 2007, what were you guys doing? Just try to think back where you were. January 1st, New Year's Day, 2007. Adam Gase was an assistant quarterbacks coach for the Detroit Lions, working with guys like John Kitna and J.T. O'Sullivan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and a certain game happened that night called the Fiesta Bowl. And if you don't remember, Jared Zabransky in Boise State upset Oklahoma with a oh, yeah. ton of trick plays. It was one of the most famous bowl games of all time. Ian Johnson proposal. Ian Johnson, Chris <laughs> Meyer says, I believe you're going to say something to the lady, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, will you marry me? Thanks, dude. Uh, fourth and 18, Jared Zabransky's under center. Yeah. He passes to Drasan James, who pitches it to Jared Rabb, and the Boise State Broncos go in, and then they, of course, would have the two-point conversion to, to, to shock the world in Oklahoma and Adrian Peterson and all that it comes to today it comes to last night we go all the way 11 years later this is called Boise this is something that's in the playbook for the Miami Dolphins this is something that that Adam Gase saw in 2007 in the Fiesta Bowl and kept it they practice this every week they practice this on Friday 
The players said it's called Boise, said they go through it. It's their late-game so cool. situation. They break it out. They had quotes from all the different players. Kenny Stills, I believe, said, yeah. uh, we never thought this would ever be used, and yet they did it to perfection. They liked the matchup. When they saw Gronk, they knew that Kenyon Drake could outrun Gronk. And that block right there by number 62, Ted Larson, sets Kenyon Drake free. This not only won the game, this wasn't some fluke for two, two, two and 14 yeah. teams. It slayed a dragon in the yeah. Patriots, and it keeps the Dolphins' season alive. I don't know how the rest of the AFC is going to go the next three weeks. I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go. But if you were to ask me right now, the most important singular play of an NFL season, it is that one. Mm. And it happened on gadgetry, and it happened because of a 2007 yeah. Fiesta Bowl. Shout out to Adam Gase, and shout out to the Miami Dolphins for executing it to perfection. The heck happened here? Organized chaos, okay? That's exactly what it was, Kyle. Organized Listen, chaos. we talk about this sometimes. I, I always hate these plays at the end of the game because I feel like there's no dignity in them. You're running around, throwing it over your back. It goes to a lineman. In the era of offensive ingenuity, come up with something great. I hate these plays because they never work. It worked. The last time this has really worked, a lateral special, was 2003. The most infamous of all, Saints-Jaguars, we call it the River City <laughs> Relay. They're down six points. You got Dante Stallworth. He's going to go to Michael Lewis, the beer man, as Chris Berman called him. Yep. This is, again, Saints-Jags. This is the last time this worked. We go to Deuce. So Deuce is going to break a couple tackles. And it's no, he throws it across his body. Give me a Payton. Gets a block from Aaron Brooks. Guys, and he scores. But all this did was enrage the football <laughs> gods because poor John Carney came on and missed the extra point. Guys, nobody missed extra back points then? back then. It's not like now. This is when they were chip, never chip shots. And yeah. that's the last time. And it, it angered the football gods so much that Carney, one of the greatest kickers ever, misses the extra point. It will live in infamy. It was 15 years ago, the last time we have seen a Yakety Sack special work. <laughs> that's how hard they are. And especially against the Patriots, blows my mind. Yeah, what stood out to me is the quarterback play. Tom Tom Brady was as impressive as usual. He throws the ball 43 times. He has three TDs. You know what was more impressive than that? Mm. Having three TDs on 19 attempts. How about Ryan Tannehill? 14 for 19 and was out there lighting it up. Now, listen, you can say whatever you want about Ryan Tannehill. You can say about his journey to being an NFL quarterback. You can talk about him being banged up. Mm -hmm. But I do know this. That boy wins. And when he gets in there, he plays very efficiently. 14 completions, 19 attempts, and three TDs. More importantly, though, Zero interceptions. Mm -hmm. So even though they didn't go big with the amount of tosses, he took care of the rock when they did throw the ball. And that is a recipe for success. Listen, you're going to battle some great teams when it comes to the playoffs. You're going to battle some great teams when it comes to just the month uh -huh. of December. You cannot turn the ball over. Brady didn't have interception. Brady was great. And, and if Brady was amazing. If you're going to beat Tom Brady, you got to take care of the rock. So Ryan Tannehill, we'll talk about the play at the end of the game. We'll show the highlight over and over and mm -hmm. over again. But 14 for 19, three TDs and zero interceptions, that right there is efficient football. Dolphins have now won five of their last six against New England at home in Miami. Well, I feel like it was not long ago that we are comparing Cam Newton's stats to his MVP season in 2015. The accuracy was there. They were looking great. The defense was forcing takeaways left and right. They started the season, remember, 6-2. and two. Mm -hmm. Now it's the five-game skid. What's the difference? What's been going on with these Panthers now and before? This is nuts. I mean, this, I, I, the, the 2007 Mets, the 2011 Red Sox, Lindsey Jacob Bellis, that snowboarder, Nick Anderson, you name it. This is a collapse. There's hashtag collapse. The only thing I come up with watching this game, Cam is not Cam, it, it, for a bunch of reasons. Nate talked about a bad throw to Jarius Wright. you got to make that throw. Another game and an interception. And honestly, one of the weirdest things, yet again in this game, they took him off the field so that Taylor Heineke could throw a Hail Mary. Second time in a row, 
I think it's the shoulder issues. We saw it last year with Cam when he wasn't right. I don't recognize Cam Newton in these games. It's not him, and this is an epic collapse that will stick to this team. Yeah, it's definitely an epic collapse. And listen, I don't know the specifics on his injury, but you might have to start thinking about what the Colts did with Andrew Luck. Heal him up. Let, let him get a procedure done. If there's rumors that he needs to get something done, let him get something done. If this is your franchise guy and you want to stick with him for the rest of his career. I could talk about the Panthers, but I'd rather not talk about a team that's on a five-game mm-hmm. skid. Do it. I want to talk about the Browns. And I know mathematically it's tough. It's going to be tough sledding for them to actually make the playoffs. But the Browns are in the hunt. Mm-hmm. The Browns are in the the Browns are in the hunt. Now, listen, they might not make the playoffs, but for the simple fact that we're having this conversation, League 15. they're 5, cool. 7, and 1. And Baker Mayfield, I said it at the beginning of the highlight, Kyler Murray, he wins the Heisman. 2017 Heismaner was Baker Mayfield. Boomer. Number one overall pick. He comes in, he has no fear. He's yeah. scared of no man. I was able to meet Kyler Murray yesterday. And I remember meeting Baker Mayfield, and I said, there's something about this, man. Mm-hmm. I would love to play for this young quarterback. In the city of Cleveland, they got their future, man. Shout out to Cleveland Browns. I don't know how the season's going to end, but you guys are playing your butts off. I'll double down on it. Baker Mayfield has this swagger. He's got this I wake up dangerous yeah. thing. He's got this whole little – Greg Williams is coaching his butt off. Yeah. And Freddie Kitchens is coaching his – these guys are supposed to be interim coaches. Just hold the line. Hey, 2019, find me a, a team that's playing harder than the Cleveland Browns right now. Right. Find me a coach who can get that team to wins over Cam Newton and the Panthers yeah. and Atlanta and Matt Ryan. The Browns are a good football team right now, and I know they might look elsewhere and they might try to get Lincoln Riley or Mike McCarthy. For what it's worth, today, going into week 15, Greg Williams should be considered as the head coach of the 2019 like Cleveland no Browns. No question. That team plays hard for that guy, and that guy gets them to play every single week. I have to think Greg Williams has to be in consideration for that Browns job, and yeah. he's earned it every yeah. step of the way. Baker looks a lot better with Greg Williams as the head coach. That's just facts. Looking more at the Panthers side of things, though you don't want to talk about him, we don't have to, but if you're the Seahawks and Vikings who score off tonight to wrap up Week 14, mm. you already won something this week, and you haven't even hit the field. The Panthers lost, the Redskins lost, the Eagles lost. So that means the loser of this game tonight, Vikings Seahawks, still has a shot at the wild card. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They That's could both make unbelievable it. Unbelievable to me. It's crazy to me. All of the grief shrags given to the Cowboys front office and Jerry, a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, what are you doing? Those people look kind of silly right now, especially if they go even further and pull away even more. He had 280 yards and one touchdown in six games as a Raider. He had 217 yards and three touchdowns yesterday alone. A change of scenery is one thing, but more than anything, and I'll hand it over to you, Shregs, for what you learned. It's cool that the Cowboys kind of were so against adding a number one wide receiver. There was such rhetoric against having that. They realized it was wrong. They made a mistake, and they went and addressed it, and they might go to the Super Bowl for it. I had a rival GM laugh on the phone. I mean, it said, a first-round pick, man. Jerry and Will McClay and those guys up and down. They, Hey, sure, better them than us. Uh, he's better than every single first-round pick wow. of next year. I promise you that. Amari sure. Cooper, they just have to find a way to pay him. Cha-ching, he made himself some money. Uh, what I learned, what I learned from that game yesterday is that Jason Garrett, something changed because Jason Garrett wasn't calling games like this. And he'll say, no, no, I've always been the same coach. Fourth and one, overtime, a field goal puts you up three. Jason Garrett says, we're not giving this team the ball back. They convert the first down. What a play call. What a play call. Remember back in week five against the Texans, it was fourth and one on the Houston 42. 6.23 left to go in OT. They opted to punt. Texans came right back down, hit a game-winning field goal. It killed him, and we crushed Garrett on the show. Mm -hmm. Same situation yesterday. Garrett says, let's trust our bread and butter. They shove it down their throat. And to Eagles fans who are complaining about the officials today, because there's a lot of that. Yeah, a ton. We hear you. 
We understand. Trust me, when you go into Dallas, things happen. The Detroit Lions learned about it in a playoff game. The Saints learned about it in the Thursday night game. We're not saying yeah. there's a conspiracy thing. You have to be better than the officials, and you have to find a way to stop the Cowboys. Cowboys dominated the ball. Mm. 99 plays of offense. Mm. The third most in NFL history and the most ever against the Eagles. Shout out to Jason Garrett and that offense. What a game plan. And mm. Dallas beat him in Philly, too, the home field thing. They beat him in both places. I just If you're someone who sits at home and watches nine hours of TV every Sunday, all you're looking for is eye candy. And one of my favorite pieces of eye candy is the Jones family booth shot. <laughs> the reaction, there's always a lot of hugs, a lot of missed high fives and everything, but I feel like we have seen the, this shot right here <laughs> more in the last month than I have in the last 10 years. It just is every single week. And you know, they said that Jerry Jones overpays for number one wideouts. They said that Amari was going to be Joey Galloway. They said he was going to be Roy Williams. And then they went and turned him into the best receiver they have had in years. Jalen's incredible. Van Der Esch is incredible. It is a great time to be a Cowboy. I think right now, I'm looking at this, I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. I like them as the best wow. team in the NFC because I think their defense is almost as good as the Bears. And I think their offense is a lot better. Saints they beat. The Rams are taking their lumps. I think the Cowboys are the best team the in the best NFC team. Right, right now. The Cowboys. Yeah, and they're big three. They're making an argument to be the best trio in the business, starting with Dak Prescott, playing at a very high level. Ezekiel Elliott is a monster, and of course, you just talked about Amari Cooper and what he brings to the table. But I'll talk about Dak Prescott for a minute. Within this offense, 455 yards. He played unbelievable. Nate, I would argue Dak Prescott was terrible for three quarters of this game. That's fine. Listen, he missed, terrible. A, he missed a couple so throws. So tell me why you think unbelievable, because he had to turn it around. He was awful in this game. He, listen, he missed a couple throws, but he made the throws he needed to make at the right time. Drew Brees threw a pick and they won. Pat Mahomes threw a pick and they won. Yep. Mitchell Trubisky threw three interceptions and they yep. won the game. And we're not going to call him terrible. Dak Prescott played unbelievable. Interceptions are going to happen, especially when you go out there and you throw the ball 54 times. Listen, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, I need these guys to be more aggressive and have better play calling and actually stretch the field and then complain when there's yeah. interceptions. That's part of the course. But I love the fact that when he needed to make those big plays in a big moment, that guy dropped back and he threw it to his number one wide receiver and Amari Cooper came down with some big plays. When they need to turn around and hand it off to their beast, mm -hmm. they gave it to Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott, you're not getting complimented as much as you should, but you're one of the main reasons why the Cowboys are on this win streak. Shout out to Dak. What stood out, though, in that Colts rather dominant win over the Texans who are riding a nine-game win streak, you, my friend, said they're going to the playoffs and are very high on Indy. They're going to the playoffs. Frank Reich is going to be coach of the year. Ooh. Andrew Luck is going to be comeback player of the year. Ooh. Darius Leonard, the linebacker, is going to be defensive rookie of the year. He's going to take it from Derwin. What about Van Der Esch? Now get out of here. <laughs> Van Der Esch. Peter, get out of here. Van Der Esch is awesome. <laughs> no, Darius Leonard's going to win. Are you going to give Andrew Luck the MVP? He leads the NFL. We'll get there. He leads the NFL in tackles. He had 12 yesterday. He had another sack, and he missed a game. No one talks about the Colts' D. This team is going to the playoffs. They just snap a nine-damn game winning streak. I love Van Der Esch, though. He's really, He's really good. He's a wolf. <laughs> Bill O'Brien wore a sweatshirt. Bill O'Brien yeah. wore a sweatshirt to the game yesterday, yeah. and, I, and I hope we have it here. It said, it said humble over hype. Huh. Yeah, they got yeah. humbled. Yeah. They got humbled. <laughs> Texans look like they are in most years. They're a team that's going to play in the Saturday wild card round. ESPN's going to do the game. Lisa Salter's going to interview J.J. Watt. And Standard. Then that's all good. Yeah. Is that the team, though, that it's going to win in the division? Can, can that team beat the Patriots or the Chiefs? Mm. I'm still not sure. They've, Humble over hype. They've got a two-game lead in the division. Are you not I sure didn't talk about, about the, the Rams? Division. Can they beat the Patriots Every or the Chiefs? Every great team slips up. The Rams did it. The Bears did it to the Giants a week ago. A nine-game win streak, and they still have a two-game lead in the division. I'm not... Going, com coming off the Texans wagon, though I did say they wouldn't lose again this year. Shout out to Andrew Luck. Listen, he's playing phenomenal. 34 touchdowns. What get lost is Matt, Pat Mahomes having such a fantastic season mm -hmm. that we're not paying attention to what Andrew Luck is doing. Put this in perspective. Last year, Russell Wilson led the NFL with 34 pass TDs. Andrew Luck with a few games left. He has that. If Pat Mahomes wasn't balling out right now, 
That'd be our MVP right now. Most valuable player to his team, like my man KB said, Andrew Luck. Doing his thing. The Bears lost last week. The Bears yeah. lost the Talk game to it. the Giants. If the Bears had won, they'd be 10-3 and three yeah. in a game back from the Rams and Saints and knocking on the chance to have a home, home field, field advantage and a bye. Still possible. But obviously the Cowboys separated themselves from the Eagles and are the NFC East lead dogs. But there's another game tonight, Gay. A big one considering all the losses. I feel like the Seahawks and the Vikings have already won something and they haven't hit the field. They are in the wild card slots right now. They play tonight. But let's take them out of the equation and away from the breakfast table right now. If we were to set up a bracket, guys, Mm -hmm. that would be just the top four seeds. It would be Saints versus Cowboys, Rams versus Bears. You were explaining something in the pre-show meeting, and it was brilliant because these two might face each other again. We might see these games again in different places. If you get rid of the wild card teams and you just say that they're going to – it's going to be chalk. Right now, the one and the four would play each other. And like you said, it would be Saints versus Cowboys, all right? Part deux who just played a week ago, and it would be Rams versus Bears, but it would be in the other team's stadiums. Mm. Right. So I think the question is, could the Cowboys beat the Saints in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and could the Bears beat the Rams in L.A.? I think the Bears can take the Rams in L.A. because I saw right now that the defense there was just unstoppable, and I think defense travels. Could the Cowboys beat the Saints in New Orleans, though? Mm. That's a question for the table because I'm not sure they can. That's, that's a tough one to toss up. I mean, I feel like the Cowboys would have confidence in Muddy in the game and trying to slow them down. And listen, and we just saw a game where the Saints, they struggled a little bit up against those Bucks. So you can't, go, the dome, Nate. you can't go there and slow them down. But I still would have to give the Saints the edge because it's hard to stop that running game. Um, the passing game, it's in and out towards the end of the season. If you stop Michael Thomas, you have a good chance of stopping that offense. Now when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams going to the Bears. Now they'd be home. I, I know, but I'm just talking about this past game, Shrakes. Mm-hmm. The simple fact that they got beat up like mm-hmm. that. Like literally, I have not seen an L.A. guy or L.A. group of men get eaten up by a bear since Leo and the Revenant. Like that was pure Terrible. dominance. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to Los Angeles, though, it's a different ball game. And I love the fact that Sean McVay after the game says, you know, it's good for us. It's humbling. It's almost like realizing we're not as good as we think we are. And for a message to the squad, that's fine. Players are going to sit back and go like, oh, Todd Gurley, I need the ball in my hands. I want to do better. But Sean McVay wearing everything. When he stood up in that front of that podium, said it's on me. Mm-hmm. I should have put my team in a better position. I love that because he wore it. Most coaches would get up there and deflect and say, we all got to get better. No, no, Sean, mm-hmm. it's on you, and I appreciate you wearing mm-hmm. that. Bears convinced me they could win in L.A. I don't think I the think Cowboys so. could win in the Dome. I, listen, I said it earlier in the show, it sounded kind of hot takey, but I think the Bears, or rather the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. I do. That, that win against the Saints was Kyle, unbelievable. Let's not be dramatic, bro. Not let's dramatic. not be a prisoner of the moment. No, I mean it. That win was unbelievable. And and by the way, if you're talking about going to the Dome, that game was in a Dome. That game was not in conditions. That defense could travel. Absolutely, I think they could. Peyton and Breeze have never lost at home in the playoffs. 5-0. Peyton and Breeze got their doors blown off by Ryan Fitzpatrick in the Dome this year. Kyle. It's not not untouchable. It's not. Kyle. I think the Cowboys are that good. I'm not mad at you for that train of thought. But you're telling me you would bet on Jared Goff having a game like that where he throws four picks in the playoffs? That, you know that's not going to happen. I don't think he'll throw four picks. I don't think Trubisky will throw three either, though. You don't think so? No. I okay, don't. what's the chances of Jared Goff or Mitchell Trubisky throwing a multi-interception game? I think most people say, 
Ah, it might be Trubisky in this mm-hmm. one. And as much as we love defenses, you have to play efficiently on offense in the postseason, Kyle. The Rams had nothing against nothing. the Bears. The Saints had nothing against the Cowboys. We, you, you know how what a beatdown like? They had nothing. Yeah. Flatline. And they lost by three. That's how I look at it with the Saints. The Saints had their worst game of the season mm-hmm. by far against Dallas that Thursday night. I agree with you. And they lost by three. Like yeah. the Saints at home. They couldn't score they in that building. They 13 of the last 14 at home, and they're undefeated in the playoffs. That means something. And it wasn't a a disrespectful win. What the Bears did to the Rams mm. on, granted, at Soldier Field was disrespectful. That defense will travel to L.A. and do the same, I think. I still like the Cowboys in New Orleans. There's an unhealthy respect for the Superdome at this table. Guys, I know what the numbers say. <laughs> I know they're great. It can be done. It's not the Vatican right, of football. Before we go, also, they averaged 38 points a game. I know the numbers yes, are great. I know it. I just think they can't. I'm not saying that I would expect them to be, but I think they can to be. Kyle's I think point, to do it. Think about the way they beat sure. the Saints. Run game, strong. Ezekiel right. Elliott can give you 200 total yards in a game. And now, all of a sudden, Amari Cooper hey. is rattling off 200-yard games? Something happens in New Orleans. They got the crowd going. The got beads are juju, going. Little voodoo. Little juju. It's it in Dallas. It's beautiful different. Line of Peter Schrager. How likely is it that we see this? Yeah, right now. This is it. Is I mean, it? the Saints have a tough next three weeks. The Saints have to play the Panthers, the Steelers, and the Panthers. Yes. Panthers aren't what they were a month ago. Mm-hmm. Saints are going to hold that one seat unless they lose. Also, keep this in mind. The Saints aren't playing perfect football over the last couple of weeks. The Cowboys are heating up at the right time. True. So going into the Saints building, you got to be confident. And those guys are borderline cocky. The Cowboys are filling themselves. Rams losing to the Bears good. was so huge because I think the Rams could beat the Saints in L.A. Again. What is the, this? What, that's the voodoo, How baby? many Super Bowls have the Saints been to in the last several that's years? The, they don't, they don't, that's what, the what voodoo that? nation, <laughs> man. I feel like this week was, was tough to crown who won the week, but I'll still ask you. I'll go first, and I will go with a guy that should be a shock to the viewers that I'm talking about. Let's roll the clip. That's what do you got, Peter? Roll the clip. What Let's clip are you? Oh. Oh. I've got are, fatigue. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Guys, look at it. Watch his head and watch his arm. That's not supposed to happen. This is like a red band trailer. This is incredible. It's not supposed to happen. Look at this. All right, so this was all the, this is everything to me. This is great. <laughs> if that was it alone, that would be a who on the week. But then we get to the actual crunch time of the game, and the Chiefs are down seven points in the fourth quarter on fourth and nine. And this is the play with Matthew Judon chasing a star player. Mahomes throws it across his entire body into traffic to Tyreek Hill. Move the chains. All right, if that was enough, you'd say, okay, those are two great plays. Let's go to the fourth and three with the game on the line. Finds Damian Williams, fourth and three, to go to Damian Williams, a guy who has not played a role at all in this offense because Kareem Hunt is no longer with the team. They trust the guy. Look, I'll tell you, I spoke with people in Kansas City this week. They said that Mahomes, after the Kareem Hunt stuff, after Sammy Watkins was ruled out with the foot, Mahomes said, bring it on me. Put it on my shoulders. Really? I got us. I will take us. He gave a speech before the Raiders game. He gave a speech this week. Patrick Mahomes won the week, and the Chiefs are now the number one seed, and they will not let that go if they keep on playing like that. Speaking of clutch players and the guy saying, put, put it on me, put the game on my back, how about Amari Cooper? Mm. The guy who won the week is Amari Cooper. There was all the, of this conversation. You know, the Cowboys, they need a number one wide receiver. They need a number one wide receiver. Then they go and get one. They give up a first rounder and they say, Cowboys are idiots. What are they doing? This is why this franchise is headed in the wrong direction. Amari Cooper has over-exceeded expectations as a Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. When you're putting up 200 yards, you're getting open by two or three yards. You're catching balls like this and then exploding with yards at their catch. I think this quiets 
every decision that Jerry Jones is making. Let's forget about the first-round draft picks that he's nailing, but the free agency pickups that he's nailing right now, and then the trade that he made in the middle of the season to help his team. Now you can look at the Cowboys and say they have everything they need this year to make a run to win a Super Bowl. Who knows what's going to happen, but Amari Cooper has brought a balance to this offense, and he's playing at such a high level. He won the week. 34 takeaways, most in the league. Six defensive touchdowns, most in the league. It's Vic Fangio here. We're talking Nagy. We're talking McVay. It is that defense, a top three defense in the National Football League, that put the brakes, that not only slowed down, but completely dominated and stopped a historic offense in the Los Angeles Rams. I love the fact that he was the Bears defensive coordinator last year under John Fox. And everybody leaves, and Vic Fangio, I think, deserves some credit for staying. Also, Matt Nagy for believing him, that faith rewarded by him sticking around and doing his thing, leading this team, helping build this team, developing them, and leading them to where they are, despite Mitchell Trubisky not ha- mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky did not have a good game by any stretch of the imagination. So I give a lot of credit to the defensive coordinator here. Absolutely. Mm. Bears defense was absolutely incredible last yeah. night. For my winner, I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Last summer, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, in an eye-rolling stunt, jumped into a lake with news crews and with fans to commemorate them going over. 0-16. They were in Jimmy Fallon monologues. They were in every bad Twitter joke. The Cleveland Browns' real joke now is they've won three out of the last four games. Guys, they have a star quarterback. they got a star receiver. they got a star running back. Yeah. they got a star pass rusher. They're sitting around doing campfire celebrations. The Browns, guys, they've gone from jumping in the water to having a campfire. They matter. They're cool. They're dangerous. Triple G has them playing their minds off. I don't know in my entire adult life I've said this about the Browns. They're the team you're a little scared of right now. And I don't mean because you could lose them and be embarrassed. I mean, you could lose them because they're better than you. The Cleveland Browns are coming out just at the right time. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I know they're going to make a lot of off-season segments for this show because they are no longer a joke, and I love it. Imagine mm. going into next year about the Browns and the hype. A lot of segments for us. It'll Who's the coach going to be? I don't know. I'd say it should be Greg. Triple G? Yeah. All right. Triple G. It's tough to top that Miami miracle. Well, we're always here to learn new things each week, and week 14 was no different. Here's what the breakfast table learned from the action in week 14. We all know guys are terrible at taking care of their health. I'm guilty of it myself. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Well, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything online. It's that easy. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash GoodMorning, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with the doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. Go to Roman.com slash goodmorning for a free online visit. That's Roman.com slash goodmorning. So here's what I learned right. this week. Baker Mayfield is uh, maybe getting a little bit put into the shadow of what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I know Patrick Mahomes is not a rookie, but I see a lot of similarities in these two, and I feel like Baker is the quarterback whose highlights that we should be gushing over on a weekly basis 
or even just after last week. So move over Mahomes for a second. Let's look, at, let's look at what Mayfield has been doing of late. And I want to start with the little things, right? There's a very popular no-look pass after week 14 that we keep talking about. But what about the no-look handoff? Let's go to the tape here. Okay. A little fake. Hey, babe. That's nice. Sneaks the ball to Chubb. It's a nice seven-yard gain. It's like a magic trick-looking David Copper Mayfield situation <laughs> like going on out there. He can do it the other way as well. Let's take a look here. He is back in week 12, taking on the Bengals. Likely to run right on third and one. Nope, sells the fake handoff. Hides the ball until Njoku grabs it. 24-yard gain and a first down. He's doing it like he's been in the league for years. You want some arm strength? Yeah. You guys do? Of course. Of course we do. Let's take a look. Look no further. The very first play for the Browns on Sunday. He steps back. Launches it. One, two, three. I just I could have watched all three of the Lord of the Rings movies in the time that the oh. was, ball was in the air. Unbelievable. 54.7 air yards. This throw now the deepest completion of the season. Patty, we love you. Deepest completion of the season belongs to Baker Mayfield. How much is game situations under pressure, right? He's a rookie. Here's Baker in the fourth quarter, backed up against his own goal line. Crucial drive. He wants to fake the handoff to Chubb. Chubb falls is unavailable. Boom. Panthers swarming, closing in, and he rips this off to Perryman. Stones. I love it. He almost got out of bounds there. Nope, he knows exactly where he is. What do you think about that, Nate? That was a rope. It was a laser. And he led the wide receiver through it. The only place that his wideout can get it while he's on the move, the wideout's on the move, that's a difficult pass. And he did that, you know, I think that was intended for Mr. Chubb, who became unavailable. And so he did his thing and kept calm under pressure. I like what he's doing. I don't know that I was as sold as everyone was in the beginning. Rookie quarterbacks in general kind of freak me out, takes me a little bit to warm up to them. <laughs> he's been crushing it week in, week out lately, especially under some new leadership. Next week, it's Baker and the Browns taking on the Broncos mm. Saturday night, and I think it is the most watchable team to, at the, in the second half of the season. Mm. I'm loving everything mm. the Browns are doing. So that's what I learned. Let's get him some love, too. Yeah, of course. Baker it was still insane, that moment in Arlington, Texas, when Goodell came out and said his name for the right. Browns. We heard, I mean, we've been hearing whispers. Yeah, mate, but I'm really going to do it? They're Baker? And yeah. what a pick. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember Peter awesome. came out that morning and was like, the Browns are going to go back. We're like, it's Peter, Darnold. Peter, it's Darnold. Yeah. Smoke's talking about. What have you been Smoke drinking? Screens. The thing that Kay, the K's got the highlights and he's been amazing. But like we also love him off the like he's got this. Oh yeah. Cool, like yeah. he's good content. He got awesome. that moxie. Fam. He does. Like he's, Darnold's boring. Mm-hmm. Darnold in New York. Android. Blah. Mm-hmm. Like, Would you be surprised? Baker's fun. If they found themselves into the playoffs somehow, if they will. Yeah. Be there's so much in that conference. It could happen. Is, that conference is so good, but they're statistically alive. Saturday night. In Denver, it's a challenge, but I feel like there's no challenge bigger. I, I wouldn't be guy. surprised in three years if that division was theirs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right, come ushering in at the right time. Do you have something for us? Browns-Giants Super Bowl. That's what I got for you <laughs> this, this year. year. I want it. Um, no. Um, what I got is that the Chicago Bears have the best defense on the planet. Okay. The best defense on the planet. <laughs> Let's just revel in it. The Chicago Bears lead the NFL in takeaways, in turnover differential, in interceptions, in rushing touchdowns allowed, in points over off turnovers, of which they have more than the Titans, Eagles, Jaguars, and Niners combined. Oh, my God. Nate, let me ask you something. You know the game inside out. You played in the league. Yeah. How many players are allowed on the field for a defense at one time? 11. So how is it possible that 11 Bears have interceptions on the season? 11. 11 I'll really put guys? your brain in a pretzel right oh, yeah, now. Stop, stop, stop. How is it possible? Crazy. I'm going to kick it up, Nate. What? How is it possible that 15 Chicago Bears have sacks on the season? <laughs> That's not a thing. There's 11 guys on the field at one different time. Guys? 15 different You're guys have a up. sack for the Bears. 11 have an interception. We're seeing domination. And of all the games they've played, all the wins they have, they held the Rams to six 
points. And everyone's saying, well, why don't you get Gurley the ball? Why don't you get Gurley? Don't you think McVay wanted to get Gurley the ball? <laughs> Gurley had the ball early, and he was getting his butt stuffed by the Bears. McVay pivoted. He said, we got nothing for this front. It was behind. They were off the field. That's why. Todd Gurley had a very curious quote after the game. He talked about, we got our bleeps kicked. They were incredible. He said, quote, they made me look like a skunk. He was so confused he got his animals wrong. Yeah, that that, look like a skunk is saying you smell like a chameleon. There's nothing <laughs> there. Todd, what are you talking about? He was that flummoxed that basic animal traits were, were evading him. And when you talk bears and defense, let's start looking. Let's just take a little peek. Let's look at the 06 Bears. We remember the 06 Bears yes. and Erlacher and Briggs and Tommy Harris and Adewale Agunlie carrying the Bears and Rex Grossman with Devin Hester to a Super Bowl. This team has allowed way, way fewer rushing yards in that okay. front. It's really not even close. They're playing the run way better. The stats do not even compare as we see them beat Drew Brees in the NFC title game. Now, let's kick it up to blasphemy level. Let's go to the 85 Bears. Wilbur, Mike, Otis, all the guys I dressed up as as Halloween. Legends, demigods. This team is allowing fewer rushing touchdowns than the 85 Bears. They have more interceptions than the 85 Bears. Sorry, Gary Finzik, I love you. These guys are ogres. They're incredible. (laughs) There's huge game-changing stats that this Bears defense is better. I love Dent. I love the fridge. I love all of them. There's things that this defense is doing better than these guys were doing on the AstroTurf in Soldier Field. Never stop playing those highlights. It's incredible. Never. And I think we're adding to them. And I got, I, I got a, b- a bunch of people making fun of me this week because I said, I said it. The Bears have the best defense on the planet. And I would say, well, in the planet, what are you talking about? You just say in the league, hot take, exaggerating. No, I'm talking about on the planet. They, and I'll even go back. This Bears defense, you can have the Ben Wallace Pistons. You can have Floyd Mayweather, Helms Deep, the Night Watch, Ancient Greek Phalanx, Johnny Cochran, the Water Tom Temple and Zelda, me when my wife's says I'm on my phone too much, I get very defensive, and I got nothing on what these Bears are doing. <laughs> Best defense on the planet. They can win the Super Bowl this year. I love your mama's boy, Otis Wilson, but I love this defense, too. Mm. Helm's deep reference. Mm. Great defenses. Listen. Flawed. Kyle. Flawed. It's great. And you're not being a prisoner of the moment. They are good. They're that good. They're not good, Nate. They're great. Okay, they're great. I'll Check you. yourself. Check myself before I wreck myself. But what about Trubisky, though? Mm-hmm. Because Trubisky turning the ball Scary. over. That's not what he learned. You can't win. We did kind of learn that, too. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm asking facto. you, though. Because I'm with you on this. This defense is dominant. And we've seen defenses win championships. Yeah. Peyton Manning had a terrible year his mm-hmm. last year. But he won because of that defense. Yeah. If Mitchell Trubisky doesn't play flawless football, can they still win a Super Bowl? Let me double down on this one. They just beat the Rams. Can that defense, it just Good killed point. the Rams in Good Chicago, point. could that defense stop the Saints in New Orleans? Listen, I don't That's put the Superdome on a pedestal as much as you do. This defense can stop anybody. They can stop anybody. The Rams, six points, it's a joke. That, that, that game was complicated because of the Trubisky performance. In the club dub, it was like you had a great night, all your friends were there, but you spilled a carafe of cranberry yeah. on your shirt the whole time. <laughs> it was flawed. You Look, still had a good night, though. And yes, they can. Look who went to the AFC Championship game last year. The Jags. Yeah. Did he play flawless football? Blake was playing pretty damn good last year. Am I wrong? Arguably the best week of the year? I stand with week 14. Yeah? yeah. That's my president. That's I like your, week 14. That's your, that's your yeah. guy? Here's what we like to do on the show. We like to wrap up week 14, the week that was, with what we each individually learned. You yeah. guys are going first. And then we move on to week 15. Nate, what did you learn in week 14? All right. So what I learned is that this week the Patriots lost in Miami. It's nothing to be worried about. Yes, we've seen the miracle in Miami a thousand times. It's cool. 
And, and let's be real. You know, the, the Patriots fans, they're sitting back and they're worried, but you don't have to worry because you guys have been here before. Like, literally. You know how people say all the time, history repeats itself. Well, listen up to a little history lesson. I'll do it like this. Let's go back to Week 15, 2004. Patriots are 12-1 and before they head into Miami. It's back and forth game. Brady and A.J. Feely. Yep, Feely back in the day. I like it. Until Tom, he throws two interceptions, back-to-back drives. They lose their lead, and they lose their chance at a comeback. What happened at the end of that season, though? The Patriots, they finished 14-2. and And this is what Dolphins fans see yeah. on TV in February. All right? Okay, cool. You're like, that's fine, Nate. Let's fast forward, okay? Week 1, 2014, back in Miami. Brady fumbles the ball twice. Once during an attempt, a late-game comeback, starting their season off with an L. After coming off a loss of prior year in the AFC Championship game to the Broncos, you remember those whispers? Hey, is the dynasty over? Mm. Is the dynasty over? Oh, Crumbling. yeah, that was in full effect. What does TB12 do? Finish the season. Yet again, 12-4. and four. And this is the final image that we see, see it, yeah. yet again. Fourth Lombardi, third Super Bowl MVP. All right, what about last year? All right, 10-2. and two. Patriots heading to Miami, week 14. Brady throws two interceptions and a touchdown. New England loses 27-20. to 20. And what do the Dolphins see play out over the next months? My <laughs> guy goes back to the Super Bowl. The guy wins his third league MVP. Look at that look on his face. He's like, I told you I was still mm-hmm. good. All right, now, all right, let's go to present day, though. Okay, Brady, he goes down to Miami, and he actually plays a great game. In fact, mm-hmm. it was the first career loss where he threw for 300 yards plus, three or more TDs, and zero interceptions. And lost. Crazy yeah. stat. And they lose in the most imaginable way, right? We get that. The, mini mir- or the, mini- the Miami, Miami miracle was amazing. Boise! All right, but here's the thing. Fear not, Patriots fans. Because if you've been listening to everything I've been saying about the Patriots losing in Miami, that usually means that we're going to see something in February in Atlanta that might look a little something like this. Yeah, look at that stadium. All you Pats fans that are sitting there saying, oh, man, that loss was terrible. That loss is purely just motivation because Brady has been there before. Bill Belichick has been there before. And as fans, you've been there before. In Miami, Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You deserve it. But don't brag too much, man. Because Brady and the Pats, they're still going to be in the postseason. <laughs> My man. You know what they say every time, though? This one's different. This one's, this different. one's not like the dynasty's over. Every time. It feels different. And this one feels a little different. And then yeah. Miami Miracle, no big deal. No big deal. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. The NFL community woke up to some terrible news early Saturday morning. Tony York, the younger brother of 49ers owner and CEO Jed York, passed away at the age of 35 on Friday night. Anyone who had the opportunity to get to know Tony knew he was a philanthropist, a great brother and son, and a huge 49ers fan. On Sunday, the team were huge underdogs against a surging Broncos team, but the young 49ers came together and got the franchise's first win since early November. The scene in the locker room, which you might not have seen yet, was an awesome one. First, Kyle Shanahan addressed the team, and then older brother to Tony, Jed York, just 48 hours after learning the horrible news about the passing of his brother, spoke to the squad. Take a look. The biggest Niner fan I've been around is Tony York. All right, you obviously he's an owner and everything, but I'm telling you guys, he loves the Niners more than anyone I've been around. All right, I don't want to say it, but there is no doubt about it who we were playing for today. Chad, the fact you could come today here, be here with us.
This hasn't been the easiest year for any of us. It's probably the understatement of the year. Um, you know, my brother was a great kid. He loved everything about this. He loved everything about you guys. You know, it was hard for him sometimes, and I think he's at peace now. Um, but I want you guys to know this. I talked to Kyle and John a little bit last night. Bill Walsh said something. I don't know if you shared it with them. But champions behave like champions before they're champions. This team is going to be a champion. I'm going to leave a ring when we get one for my brother. And I want everybody to look around this room, know how good that we can be. Believe in this brotherhood. Believe in this guy. Believe in this guy. Believe in yourselves. And it's going to be about mental toughness. It's going to be about what can we get through more than the other 31 teams out there. And we are going to do it. You guys keep fighting your asses off. I'm going to get my brother a ring. I appreciate this very, very much. Powerful stuff right there. Tony is survived by his parents, Denise DeBartolo York and John York, his brother Jed, Jed's wife Danielle, his two sisters Jenna and Mara, and his nephews Jackson and Brixton. As we always say here at the table, football is family, and that was on display yet again in that locker room on Sunday. Uh, Jed York's a friend of the show, a friend of mine. Um, we're thinking about you and the whole family, and for the 49ers players who rallied for that win, kudos to you. That was a big one. We're sending our love to the, the, the family, like you said. I have not seen that video. Do you guys, have you guys Good seen job, that? Good job, man. And obviously, emotional scene afterwards for the 49ers and Jed York. Well, the league is full of personalities who don't usually get the love they deserve, and that's where Good Morning Football comes in. Let's find out the stories we should have been paying attention to with this week's underappreciated storyline. Each week, we like to shine a little spotlight on players and personalities that are not getting enough love or enough attention or enough spotlight around the league. We call them our underappreciated storylines. And for mine this week, let's play a little game first, right? Okay, all right. I'm going to ask you guys to kind of guess who I want to talk about. I'll give you some clues about a standout Week 14 performance. Clue right. number one, he has two Super Bowl rings. Two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two, he has over 900 career yards with an AFC East team. Okay. Uh, averaging nearly six yards a carry at Ole Miss in his college career. He's a stud. Okay. Guess he is I a stud or it. was a stud? Two, two Super Bowls. He is a stud. Right? Super stud McAllister play for the AFC? I don't no, know. No, How about he, he rushed for two guy. touchdowns in no. a revenge game against his former team this week? I don't know who it is. Brandon Bolden. Oh, yeah. He's been okay. around. Yes. Brandon okay. Bolden, he calls himself Hulk Smash, and he has for years. Let's take a look at There he is. Brandon oh, Bolden, a.k.a. the Incredible Hulk. So, during his time as a patron, I feel like he's not very recognized outside sure. of New England. In New England, that is not the case. I worked up there. He was a standout name because he was an expert at all the little things, the Patriot way, special teams dynamo. He made the meaningful plays when it counted, and he never – he never needed to be in the spotlight. He wasn't the squeaky wheel. He wasn't saying, give me the ball, give me the rock. But when he got it, he made something happen. And I'm sure all of that, that mentality, that Patriot way, has a lot to do with the fact that Bill Belichick kept him on that team for two championships and for six years. 
Working up there, I remember, I, and this just speaks to how underrated he is. I can't remember the play he made, Triggs. Yeah. He did something, and I was like, what? Brandon Bolden, oh, my goodness. Like, he can run. Like, why doesn't he get the ball more? And I asked some of his teammates. I worked with Devin McCourty at the sure. time. I asked Shane Vereen. Matt Slater, I'm sure. Matthew Slater what? loves him. Tell me a little bit about this special teams guy. And they could not have gushed about him more as a teammate, as an athlete, his ability, as an example in that locker room. And let's not pretend he didn't make plays for New England. He scored crucial postseason touchdowns and significant special teams plays in Super Bowl 51. Brady does not have those rings without the impact and the influence and the plays that Brandon Bolden was making out there. So the pass release him in training camp this year leads him to sign with a division rival, the Dolphins. Uh, and when Miami's banged up, they lose a bit of their backfield to injuries. Adam Gase turns to the man that he thought was capable of getting there and getting things done when he needed. And it brought us to this crazy game. There wouldn't be room for the Miami miracle that everybody's gushing over if it wasn't for an epic performance from Brandon Bolden on Sunday. He rushed for two touchdowns on two carries, helping put the Dolphins in position for that big win. Even his head coach, Gase, admitted maybe he should have used Bolden a little bit earlier in the season. The Miami miracle was sweet, but to me, Brandon Bolden having a huge moment against a group that is, by the way, not surprised at all that he was capable and had a performance like this. I loved seeing that, and I feel like I know the Patriots are upset that they lost, but I would bet that in that locker room, they're still happy for Brandon Bolden. Someone's happy for him there, yeah. I think everyone's probably happy. It's true. We talk about Solder, we talk about Amendola, and we talk about Deion Lewis, but it's also those role players that make a big difference for a team. Six years with the Patriots, multiple Super Bowl appearances, multiple Super Bowl rings. Mm -hmm. Brandon Bolden is now a Dolphin. I love that you brought up Slater because it's the same thing. He's a wide receiver who has like four career catches, but nobody cares because Mm -hmm. of what he means and does all of the nitty-gritty. And we oftentimes talk about players leaving the Patriots and their career falls off a cliff. So it's rare that a guy True. goes somewhere else and he shows up big versus the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So great job. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bolden. It's a perfect segue because they wouldn't have needed the Miami Miracle if not for Brandon Bolden. They wouldn't have finished the Miami Miracle if not for a gentleman named Ted Larson. Who is Ted Larson, you say? Sounds like my social studies teacher. No. <laughs> Ted Larson, this is fascinating, is the left guard for Miami Dolphins. Okay. Ted Larson in 2010 was a sixth-round pick of who? Yes, the New England Patriots. He was waived, never made the team. Belichick was asked about him years later when they were playing the Dolphins. What about this Ted Larson? You remember him? I don't know. A lot of guys come through here. You could say that about so many guys here. Kind of avoided the question. So what I'm going to say is we're going to show this miracle, and I want to show you the guy who really made the miracle. Kenyon Drake can sign autographs on this the rest of his life, and he should. There's Ted Larson, left guard. I want you to follow him now. As the ball is going to go around, he's still there. He's looking, looking. He's going to leave frame as he runs downfield. Completely out of the play, right? No, but as Drake gets the ball, watch Larson come in here. Now, that's Patrick Chung on the left. Patrick Chung is a fantastic tackler, and Larson takes him out and (laughs) springs it, guys. This is an incredible moment. If Larson does not get downfield, they run it a few times, and they got a few yards, and it's fine. I believe Patrick Chung makes that tackle. Watch Larson again, just head on a swivel the whole time. He could be there and, all oh, we're doing the stupid lateral thing. Well, we lost the Patriots too bad. Instead, he hustles, stays in it, finds Chung, takes him out. He said afterwards, holds the Sun Sentinel, I was just hoping I didn't get the ball. I didn't want the ball. <laughs> and then apparently he's changed his story now and did another interview. said, I actually did want to score. Uh. So Ted Larson is an awesome, awesome deal when a guy who's just an afterthought for the Patriots comes to help beat the Patriots. And I look at it this way. For every iconic play, for every play that we run over and over for years, there's always a Ted Larson. Yeah. There's always a Ted Larson. Let me show you some yes. of the Ted Larson. The ball. Let's go to Deshaun Jackson. Oh, boy. We know the story. Yeah. That dodge. 
Miracle, the metal Punch it out of bounds, Matt. Deshaun is going to bobble it and pick it up, and Tom Coughlin's going to spike the clipboard, and we all know that. Now, as you're going to watch, though, especially on the second angle, when Deshaun houses this thing uh-huh. and just brings absolutely brings the stadium down. Deshaun, make sure to run on the goal line yeah, for just, a few just, seconds. Just, just take, take a your moment sweet here. time. Take a moment. Deshaun's moment always will be. I want you to direct you to Jason Avant on the left side of your screen. Yes. Huge block. Jason wow. Avant, a wide receiver who's 15th all-time for the Eagles. Do yourself a favor. YouTube Jason Avant's song. He has an amazing tribute song from fans from called block? Jason Avant from his whole career. It's <laughs> catchy as all get out. Jason Avant, the hero of that play, the unsung hero. Let's go to another one. Let's go back a little farther. Monday Night Football, Packers-Vikings. Al Michaels, he did what? What are they going to say that he caught it? Antonio Freeman falls down. Sure enough, collects the ball, gets up for the walk-off. But watch Bubba Franks. The block, wait for it. Bubba, get him! Bubba was Brett Favre's tight end for a long time. Made a few Pro Bowls. Great player. From the U. I think Antonio Freeman gets tackled if not for Bubba Franks. Let's go back further, guys. Okay. Here's a really iconic play. <laughs> Miracle. Music City Miracle. You know all, all this. Here we go. Let's go to Dyson. And it's, was it reverse? Was it not? Watch Greg Favor. Watch the block here. Greg Favor is going to spring him. Knock mm. the dude down and keep running. This is a guy who was on six different teams out of Mississippi Greg State. Greg what? Greg Favor. Love it. Who did a favor to Frank Wycheck oh. and Lorenzo. Tito Flavor's uncle. Dice, yeah. Tito yeah. Flavor's uncle. You never talk about Greg Favor in this play. I don't know if this play happens without him. Watch it one more time. As here's now Mason's, Dyson's got the ball. Watch Favor though. Huge block to spring Knocks him, him on his butt. And then gets on his horse and Kevin takes Dyson him down goes. the sideline. Kevin Dyson goes down the sideline because of Greg Kyle, Favre. what do you think of the all 22 in standard death? I, I'm here for it. <laughs> I can practically hear Dick Enberg, and I absolutely love it. Paul McGuire loving it. Exactly. Do we have, do we have the, the, the finale of this play? Do we get to see Ted Larson at the end? Here's what happened. Look at Larson. Okay. Helmet off first guy there as everybody else starts to show up this is the finish the happy ending the disney ending the epilogue look at larson look at that face first guy on the scene with no helmet and he should be he so sprung cool. that thing when the miami dolphins make the playoffs if they do we're gonna remember Kenyon drake let's always remember ted larson because they don't get there without him unsung hero it's why we do this segment so nate what are you teaching us about today? all right let's do this let's have some fun so my underappreciated storyline this week is George Kittle. All right, you know, he's the guy on the 49ers that looks like Nick Foles if he was in a motorcycle gang. You know, yep. that dude. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. him right there. So, you know so true, sons Straight of anarchy. R-O-A, that's runs yeah. of anarchy he has. His name's right. George. In all seriousness, though, what do you know about George Kreigel Kittle? Did you know he's a fifth-round pick out of Iowa? All right, shout-out to Logan Swain. The ninth tight end chosen in 2017. What about the fact that his father is also a former Hawkeye and a team captain in a 1982 Rose Bowl? Did you know freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin follows him on Twitter? <laughs> ah, can I get a hell yeah? Yeah, exactly. You might listen, you might know all these things. You might not know any of these things. What you probably don't know is that Stone Cold George Kittle is shaping up to have a historic, if not record-breaking 2018 season. All right, let's start with this past week. All right, he finished with 210 receiving yards, his third most by a tight end in a single game in NFL history. The crazy thing is he did all that in the first half. Yep, Kittle had 210 yards in half one and zero in half two. But at least he got the game ball. Check it out.
Come on, Kyle. You got to get my guy that record. But that's not just it, though. All right. That last week's performance was amazing. That's the underappreciated thing. But it's been all season for Kittle. He's 10th in the league in receiving yards. In receiving yards. That's higher than Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, OBJ, plenty of guys. All right. When you're looking at just tight ends, though, he's number two in receiving yards. That's ahead of Gronkowski, who we love, ahead of a ton of players. Zach Ertz right behind Travis Kelsey on pace to break Gronkowski's single-season record. All right. I think what's impressive, though, about Kittle is the mastery of the yards mm. after catch. We always talk about yak yards, yak yards. All right. He's first among wide receivers and tight ends with 708 yards after he catches the ball. That's more than Saquon Barkley. All right, now, if you want to talk about him, look no further than this one-handed grab that he turns into an even bigger play. Just check out his focus on the ball, of course, the oh one-handed grab, gosh. and then immediately, immediately getting upright and getting upfield and making a big play. So shout-out to this pass-catching ROA Runs of Anarchy record-breaking playmaking superstar George Woo! Kittle. Stone cold, keep stunning them out there, my man. Listen, we're not talking about you enough because, one, there's a ton of superstars that like to talk a little bit more than you're doing. And on top of that, your team isn't playing that well. But what we see on this table, what we see on Good Morning Football, is that you're one of the best in the business. And not just tight ends, mm. man. Out of all pass catchers, man, keep doing your thing. Mm. That's my oh, man. George Kittle. He got stiffed. They owe it to make up to him. 100%. I want him to get Shannon's record. I'm going to get Flippers 336 and Brandon Marshall's 21 catches. Just in the first quarter. First Throw it to Kittle. He the can. season's gone. Throw it to Kittle. You Mullins him. loves you Kittle. Him. He could get it, though. He could get it. How does get it, it work? Is there somebody down there on the sideline that yes. says he's five away? And so yeah. they knew full he knew, and well. And they didn't get in the rock. Well, and it was kind of like we're in a close game with Denver, and it's not. It, it's a. It's an anomaly. He should have gotten it. I hate that. Should I hate it too? <laughs> like George Kittle probably does as well. Uh, my underappreciated mm-hmm. this week. The New York Giants. Remember the Giants? They were one in yeah. seven. <laughs> one in seven after nine weeks of the NFL season. For all intents and purposes, we left them for dead. Fans of the team did that thing where they watched the next few weeks with that awful midseason hedge of, like, do we want to win or do we want to lose so we can get the better draft pick? It's like a pit in your stomach. You hate watching games that way. It's the internal debate that is never fun in December, let alone October, which was where Giants fans were. But something very cool has happened the last five weeks. The Giants have quietly gotten a whole lot better. And even without Odell Beckham last week on the field, New York won another one, and they have now won four of their last five games, and they're coming off their biggest victory of the year where they just blew out the Redskins. The offensive line suddenly looks competent. Eli Manning looks spry. And Saquon Barkley looks like the NFL's best all-purpose running back since Marshall Falk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And with their Week 14 win over the Redskins and Seattle's win over Minnesota and Dallas's win over Philly and the Panthers losing to the Browns and Tampa losing to the Saints, the Giants are miraculously one and a half games out of the NFC playoffs. Let's go. As we enter Week 15. What? It's one of the wildest things to come out of Week 14, the fact that the Giants no longer just have a little pulse. They're alive and kicking. So what do they need to secure the second wild card spot? Well, they need. Talk about it. Well, they need a lot of prayer. I think right. prayer is important. That's prayer's first, up. right? Got to pray. pray to make it up. today. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Second, the Giants need to handle what they control. That means <laughs> three must-wins to finish the regular season. They're at home Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. Okay. They have to win that game. This is not great, Peter. They're on the road at the Colts. They've won four to five, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, these are And then they're good. playing a Cowboys team week 17 at home and in a situation where the Cowboys could very well be resting all of their starters because yeah. they are locked into the four seed in the NFC. Those are three winnable games. I know you think that's not great. Those are home against the Titans yeah, could be a win. That's all that need to happen, though? 
Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> There's a third step. Okay. All right. I wish. I wish. I wish. The Giants need some help. Okay. So let's go through it. Number one, the Giants, like I said, they need to win their final three games. Number two, they need the Panthers to lose two of their final three games. The okay. Panthers' final three games are Saints, Falcons, Saints. They need to lose two of those. That's very doable. Okay. Number three, they need the Eagles to lose two of their final three games. The Eagles play the Rams, the Texans, and the Redskins. That's good. That happen. Yes. Number four, they need the Vikings to lose two of their final three games. The Vikings play the Dolphins at home, and they go at Lions, home versus Bears. Bears could be playing for something. Very possible. Five, they (laughs) need the Packers. Second page. They need the Packers to lose a game. Okay? The Packers play the Bears, Jets, and Lions. They play at Chicago this weekend. That can very well be that right there. Number six, they need the the Buccaneers to lose a game. Got it. At Ravens this weekend, that could be a loss. At Cowboys, that could be a loss. Home against Falcons, that could be a loss. They just need one. And number seven, they need the Redskins, who looked inept on Sunday, to lose two games. They play at the Jaguars, at the Titans, and then home against the Eagles. Guys, let's look at it in one screen. Win out, and then what else do you need? Let's see it all in one screen. Is that all at one time? They need, but, but, Nate, it's not like you need all of it. It's so, almost too easy. Digest, guys, this is a cakewalk. So you're saying there's a this chance. This is a cakewalk. Win your final three. Panthers lose two. Eagles lose two. I'm with Vikings you. lose two. Packers lose one or two or three. Buccaneers lose one or two or three. Redskins lose one. Two. The Redskins couldn't beat anyone right no, 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 now. Josh not, Johnson? They're not a thing. The Giants are going to the playoffs. Guys, the Giants are going to the playoffs. And the crazy thing is there are actually other ways they can get in, too. That's their most direct. So Giants fans. I'm telling you, light a cigar. Don't worry about the senior bowl and the quarterbacks. Guys, Giants are going to the playoffs. That's so easy. Put away the Justin Herbert fatheads that you started buying. It's so nice, nice, Nate, that after years of just being jaded and calloused by by work and adulthood, there's still like a little Giants fan somewhere inside What better way for Eli Manning to end his career? Yeah, that's true. Then to go on this run, <laughs> get into January, mm. have Saquon behind them, mm. and they go into Chicago or they go mm. into Dallas. Once they get they in, go, what? Giants? Yeah. Giants in the playoffs? When the Giants go to the playoffs, they win Super Bowls. That's right. So at first I started the segment saying the Giants have a shot at the playoffs. <laughs> Here and now, we go. now I'm saying the Giants are going to the playoffs. Where are they going? And now I think there's a very good chance the Giants are hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Hey! Yes! So my underappreciated storyline oh is that the New York Giants are not only a chance to okay. be a playoff team. Okay. The New York Giants are not only going to be oh, a playoff okay, team. Okay. The underappreciated storyline is that I can't believe the Giants are winning the Super okay. Bowl this year. Wow. And they've already done it. That's incredible. It's over. I mean, three times. You plan on doing better. Did you just call uh, yourself uh, into that? Right. right now? The question is, are they going to repeat next year? Yes. Right. I'm looking. <laughs> Odell's healthy. I want to know if Eli's going to throw a no-look pass to Odell, right? That's exactly like in the right. Super Bowl? Wait a second. This just in. The question is not just if the Giants are oh in the Super Bowl next, this year. Is it a dynasty? dynasty. Oh, are yeah. the Giants yeah. a dynasty? Yeah. If the Giants win three in a row, yeah. yes. three Super Bowls in yeah. a row, are we yeah. talking dynasty of the 2010 decade? George Kittle. Oh, so close. Just five more yards. That's it. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us here at GMFB, have a good morning and a great day. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 